Hi, this is Marjorie Liu from New York Comic Con, and be sure to listen to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. Today's guest, I'm very excited to talk to. I've heard of his work throughout the months and actually throughout the years, and I had every intention of being like, okay, I'm definitely going to have him on, but then this awesome Kickstarter, which we'll be talking about, came up, and it's like, this is the perfect time, strike while the iron's hot. But let's see, you are a writer, and you've done uh, some pretty great works with some other great creators. I'll try to run down the list, just to name a few of them. Sure. Uh, let's see, there's uh, Breathless for Black Mask, which was illustrated by Renzo Rodriguez. Yes. And colored by Amara Jane Carpenter. Destiny in New York, which is actually the thing I wanted to have you on for, because I've heard so many great things about this book. Oh, thanks. And I had a chance to check it out, and it's a lot of fun. You've worked on that with uh, Emmanuel Pretano and Jim Campbell. And something else I was actually looking at prior to starting the show was an all-ages book um, you're doing with your wife Amy and uh, Vanessa Cardinale called Clonsters, which I thought was really fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that one is based on my wife Amy's uh, clay creations. She's a sculptor, and she has a line of toys. And we co-wrote that one together. And yeah, it's, it's an all-ages uh, adventure-type story. And you've also written some Marvel-related novels, including Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man. But today we are going to talk specifically about Prison Witch, which is a comic you are kickstarting with Amy, as well as Erica Durso, which is going live March 6th. And I've the cover looks fantastic, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. But let me formally welcome you, Pat Shand. Pat, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Prison Witch. Great name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know, uh, the concept was Amy's. Uh, she wanted for a while to do this uh, story about women in a prison, and uh, they form a coven of witches. And then the idea came to me all of a sudden to call it Prison Witch. So she and I talk a lot about projects together, uh, but this is one of those fluid ones where um, we've talked about it for a while, and now that we've had enough conversations about it, it's time to do it. Planning is good when it comes to doing anything worthwhile, but I, I love the idea of, it's like, all right, you know what? The pieces are in place. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Kickstarters have worked out well for me in the past, well for myself and Amy in the past. Uh, so I knew I wanted to do something in March and uh, Prison, which was just the one that we had enough of, and I was excited about it. So I just decided to pull the plug, do it. Let's get right into it. What is Prison Witch about? All right, so Prison Witch is, I mean, <laughs> the tagline that we've been using is uh, we do the craft meets Orange is the New Black, but someone had such a cool tagline. On Facebook, someone said, Orange is the New Black Magic. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so we're not going to take that just because that, that was their dope comment, but that one I got to at least reference. And the little bit that we've been putting attached to the Kickstarter is that it's a graphic novel about the magic that happens behind behind bars because uh obviously which is in the title so people know it's going to be magic but we also want to hint at some of the uh romance happening there as well i guess we'll do a little bit of rundown of some of the main protagonists the main character is cam cam goes to jail after an incident between herself and a woman uh and the, the incident ends with the woman uh her face is burned and we don't quite know what happened there all we know is that 
Cam is responsible, but Cam believes that she is possessed by a demon. And so when she goes to prison and runs into this coven of witches, a few of them begin to investigate her problem and realize that she might be a bit off base about just what is inside of her. Oh, wow. One of my favorite things to do with these indie graphic novels is that because I've done a lot of work for hire and often on those when I have a big supporting cast, the publisher that I'm working for will say, let's focus on the main character. I mean, Cam is our main character, but we, we can spend as much time as we want on any of these supporting characters. And I love these big, rich casts, you know, uh, and one of the my favorite characters is Cat Lady. She's a young woman who is in jail. She's covered in tattoos of her cats back at home. And, uh, <laughs> she she's in jail because uh, she went to a kill shelter where they were when when the dogs and cats weren't adopted, they would uh, euthanize them. Right. And she she shot it up, you know. Uh, so she, she's in jail for murder there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, I get the idea, but I was like, yeah, I guess it still is murder, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm with you, but ooh, girl. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a, a bold choice, you know? Uh, who, who else do we have? We have Kalia. Uh, she is in jail for physical assault. There was a customer at the sex shop she worked. Uh, you know, customers there, when you work at a normal type shop and people are fucking around with the merchandise, it, it, it it's it's annoying but it isn't too bad at a sex shop when people are messing around with with the merchandise it's kind of a different level Absolutely. so she, <laughs> so she got into an altercation with a customer there and we have a great hilarious flashback that Erica Dierso drew amazingly so yeah that's probably our quirkiest reason that someone's in jail but we have like more standard reasons like credit card fraud we, we have this one uh, character who is a speed addict. And I, I don't mean the drug speed. I mean, she's addicted to going fast. So she would <laughs> uh, steal these fast cars. So, yeah, it's just this really uh, fun, quirky cast of sociopaths. Getting into, like, the inspiration behind it, I know you had said that you and Amy had been, like, talking about it for a while. So what really was the general idea of wanting to do a book like this? Well, you know, um, Amy tends to think of, concepts she she uh she pairs ideas that she likes like she was thinking about a jail story and she's big into magic you know uh she is a practicing witch and she always tries to research everything that she dives into hardcore like right now she's learning how to crochet and normally when someone would learn something they would uh just casually slowly learn it but amy dedicates herself fully so the idea for prison which came from amy pretty fully formed and then uh from that concept we began to talk it out and develop the characters like uh amy had the idea for cam i have the idea for what cam thinks is inside of her Amy had the idea for the uh, leader of the coven, Rizzo, who is uh, this green witch who works out in the garden and creates these uh, soups that get people to open up. And uh, I had the idea for Cat Lady. And then just back and forth, we would add characters until we had what we felt was a nice, solid cast. Is this going to be a series? Here's what I say about all our books, you know, the ones that we publish ourselves through our company, Space Between Entertainment. When we do one of those, if it hits a certain level on Kickstarter, then we'll conceive of it as an ongoing series. You know, like with Destiny New York, that was a $20,000 goal. And I always envisioned that as a series to continue. With Clonsters, the goal was lower. So we thought if we hit a certain threshold, we'd continue. Based on how much we got, we would decide uh, how frequently to put out these books. With Prison Witch, our goal is um, 
it's not quite as low as Clonster's, but it's not uh it's not a twenty thousand dollars. You know, it's it's eight thousand five hundred. So de- depending on how high over the goal we go, we'll know if we'll be able to continue. But what we're doing now is we envision Prison Witch as a season of stories. You know, it's it's a nice thick sixty four page volume. You know, it's it's basically three issues of what a comic would be. It tells an arc. So everyone who reads the book will be satisfied as far as the story that we're telling. But if we do get enough backers, we'll be able to continue and keep telling Prison Witch stories that will expand on what we develop in what will then be volume one. See, I actually really like that concept because it gives you the option then of or even let's say your reader's option, because ideally, you know, you want the book to, of course, succeed and as many people reading it and hopefully it picks up and blows up like anybody would naturally want their stuff to. But then right. it's like, at least the Kickstarter, the way it, you know, you have it set up. So that way, if there is more of a demand or your is getting funds, now, of course, you have the option to do more. So at least that way, if God forbid something were to happen where maybe it doesn't get funded, you know, it's not like, hey, we have this whole series and then left wondering, is it ever going to get completed? Exactly. And what we've done so far on Kickstarter is that the only ongoing book that we've put out is Destiny New York. That I say every year we'll do one Destiny New York campaign at least in the fall. So that's our staple. But be- beyond that, what we've been doing is putting out these titles. Like uh, last year we had Clonsters and our horror anthology Modern Dread. And this year we're, we're doing three new titles. And Prison Witch is the first one. There's another one in May, then one in October. Based on how each of those do, we'll see if any of them can continue. And uh, then we'll just go from there. One of the great testaments to creator-owned titles is having a little bit of freedom to make those kind of decisions. Oh, for sure. And, oh, God, Destiny New York came so close to getting picked up by a great publisher. But now, and I know it probably sounds dishonest to say this, but I'm so happy that it didn't. Because I, I would have gotten, at most, the first five or six issues but now volume two will take us through 13 issues altogether. And then uh, I'm going to keep doing it until we come to an end when I feel is right. Because Destiny New York was always uh, the story that I wanted to tell on a yearly basis just to to, to have that outlet, to, to keep coming back to these characters. And that one, I just look back and I'm like, man, I wanted it so badly to get picked up. But if it did, I wouldn't have this outlet. So, yeah. Putting it in the creator's hands on Kickstarter, especially where the creator really is in control of how things go, that that is my favorite um, platform right now by far. One of the big things about Kickstarter is the perks, because that's something that I feel like a lot of people are into. So I don't know if you can get into a little bit of some of the perks that you have for this book. Prison Witch is very much me trying new things as far as rewards go, because uh, with Destiny New York and Clonsters and Modern Dread, we were so focused on prints. But I feel like an asshole saying this, but when I receive a Kickstarter book and, and I've supported hundreds, w- when I get prints, I I don't care. You know, like I don't I don't really need that because I'm not going to put it up on my wall. My walls are very busy as is. I don't really have a print folder, and I realize that some people love those. But largely, I think they are they're an easy re- reward to do, especially for us, but they don't often pay off as much as I had hoped they would. So what I want to do here is try something different. 
We have things that are original creations, right? So we have commissions from the artist. We have uh, clay commissions from Amy. She, she's going to sculpt these incense holders so you can uh, burn incense while reading Prison Witch. Uh, oh, wow. That's something new. I've never heard of that before. Thank you. And that, that's the exact intention, just to try brand new things. And we do have some returning ideas like... um. We haven't done a book plate before, but we've seen book plates work very well on Kickstarter. So I designed a little book plate that that we're going to print, um, and that's just five bucks extra. We have a bookmark. So what we're trying to do here is create something that is either a unique item or something that is practical, right? So right. Pe- people are going to want to use the bookmark because they can just mark the place in the book. And I always think about, oh, this is a beautiful piece of art. I had to get this out, and I usually choose print. But what I've learned since kickstarting Destiny New York Volume 2, which had about 40 prints, is that there are more practical ways to put out these pieces of art. Like uh, what I'm doing for day one backers is um, Erica, the artist, she submitted to me just as a thank you for hiring her, a testament to her being excited to draw the book. She sent me this beautiful kind of – I don't want to spoil what it is because it's super cool and I'm going to reveal it on day one, but it is an image of Cam and what is inside of her. And it's this beautiful, colorful piece. And I was looking at it. I was like, what can I do with this? So the idea now is that we're going to print that as an art card. And on the back, it has uh, some notes from um, Cam's spell book. So it's going to be a thick card that you can just put in the book and just have it there rather than a print, which you pull out of the book and you don't really know what to do with it. Um, And, we, we will probably have a print or two, but I, I just don't want to overload it like we did with the uh, previous campaigns. Um, and uh, Amy is also, she's an art model, so we're going to do some photography projects f- for this book. We're going to be doing um, a chance to get drawn into the book as a prisoner or as a guard. Um, oh, yeah, and we have a variant version of the book. So we have two different versions. We have the standard uh, prison witch uh, version which has a cover by Jen St. Ange and then we have uh, the variant cover which is painted by Michelle Lockamy. Those are going to be both available and uh, the, the latter is only going to be available through the Kickstarter campaign. I also wanted to price that kind of low because we've previously done variants where we've um, limited them strictly and only ha- made a hundred of those and sold them for like $70 each. But that I don't want to do. I want to put out a beautiful piece of art that is more limited than the standard, but not make it inaccessible. So I believe that the standard is 20 and the variant is 30. And that's always something that as a, a longtime comic book reader kind of stings a bit. I mean, I love variants, but, you know, like when it comes to, like, let's say buying, like, you know, a comic in a shop and you see this really cool variant, the price can be a little prohibitive. So you're like, oh, dang, I really want this. But it's like, you know, you really want to spend the money. So I guess that is kind of challenging, but at the same time, cool that you at least found a way to sort of meet it halfway where, yeah, I mean, there's still limited quantities, you know, to hopefully kind of spur some interest in it, but not be so much that people feel like they're breaking the bank, you know, just to access it. Right. And I've seen things where um, campaigns, and this has worked, campaigns have done like 40 versions of one single book. And we're not going to do that. You know, I want to make it accessible where if someone wants to buy everything Prison Witch, it's not over a thousand dollars. You know, you, you can get everything from us, I believe for $200, which is both versions of the book, all the original collectibles by Amy, the art, the bookmark, the, the book plate, uh, the clay, the, 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 uh, photographs going to have a, uh, a letter personalized written to you from one of the inmates and just a bunch of original things. 
something I have noticed with creators is, and I'm sure a lot of that can be a little costly, so I'd imagine why that could be difficult for a lot of people, but having merchandise specifically for a comic outside of the traditional prints. Don't get me wrong, I like prints too. So again, anyone listening who's done that in your Kickstarters, I'm not necessarily trying to like crap on anybody who does that. Oh, same, same here for sure. Same here. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want anybody to like to listen to me and be like, well, he doesn't like prints. Well, that's the last time, you know, I'm not coming on your show. No, not at all. But I, what I'm saying is it's like for those who may want something a little bit different or a little bit extra, you know, I have noticed that there have been some cool, you know, I guess more merchandise related items. Like me, I'm like a huge fan of hands and like, you know, buttons and things like that. Anything where I can like, you know, slather on my journals with like a bunch of like kick-ass stickers and that's something I'm into. But of course, that's just me. And everybody is wired a little bit differently. So, yeah, you know, making rewards for people that you know what they're into and you've done a bunch of Kickstarters. So you have an idea as to what works and what doesn't work. So obviously you have a little more elbow room there. Right. And and also, too, uh, as far as pins go, our stretch goal number one is going to be a pin. I can't reveal what it is yet, but it's going to be a pin uh, designed by Emily Ree. To also just elaborate on prints too, I'm not done with prints. You know, I'm definitely gonna put out a bunch of prints for Destiny New York Volume Three, and um, the the reason that I'm not doing that for Prison Witch is because if interest in that kind of item is low on a campaign where the goal is lower, it's kind of a more risky item to print, right? But right. with with Destiny New York Volume Two. We had about 40 prints going on and we made $26,000. So each of those prints got a pretty decent number. But if we do just make the goal at 8.5, then we're not going to really have enough interest to put out a large amount of prints, you know? So I'm definitely not shitting on prints as a whole. I'm just saying for a campaign of this uh, size, it's not quite as good of an idea as I thought it would be in the past for bigger campaigns. Absolutely go crazy with the prints. I do the same thing, but for a more focused campaign, that's smaller. It's going to run a bit shorter like prison, Witch. This, I wanted to create something that was a bit more unique and a bit more practical just to try to bait people who wouldn't normally get a bunch of prints to try to get one of these. A lot of what makes Kickstarter such a wonderful and maybe at times a challenging thing is, I'm not going to sit there and say it's a science, but there's definitely a little bit of homework that goes into it, at least from you know the creators I spoke to who used the format and have found it successful for them. Because I, like I said, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, and pricing is a huge part of that. So depending on what your goals are, the perks have to also match that. Because like I said, if they're too much, then you know no one's really going to want to donate at all. What I'd say to people who are kickstarting is that what I'm saying might not be relevant to you. I'm, I'm just talking about me. Because what I've learned is that it's, it's different with each campaign. I learned so much for Destiny New York Volume One, which was my first ever campaign, that when I went into Clonsters. I thought I was bossed up, ready to go. I was absolutely not. You know, it was a, it was a different process. <laughs> and um, and then when that was done, and I shipped Destiny New York Volume One and got Clusters ready for print, I was learning more and more and more things. And I do feel now that my knowledge, as far as designing books and getting books off to the printer, getting things shipped, everything, running a Kickstarter, it, it's a lot more well-rounded. But I'm still very much trying new things and learning things because each time is so different. Right. And not to mention the books themselves attract different audiences. Oh, very much. I mean, Clusters was an all ages book and I thought it would be a simple thing to do just because uh, I've seen the industry kind of make a push for more 
more young adult comics, more all ages comics. But the truth is that a lot of people are more often on Kickstarter looking for either adult content or content that isn't specifically for kids. And even though ours is all ages and that's in the true sense that anyone can, can enjoy it. I think that people see uh, something that is kid friendly and instantly kind of go, Oh, not for me when that isn't really true. But that's what I learned is that, um, we thought it would be an easy ride for an old ages book. And that was one of our more difficult moves, which is really weird to me. And maybe it shouldn't be, but you would think because it's all ages, it would be a lot more accessible, but you know, and I've had this discussion too about who's buying comics, ways to attract people who don't read traditional comics and things like that. But, you know, I never really thought about the idea that to some, all ages may have the idea of like, oh, it's for kids. But like, no, that's not what all ages means. It quite literally means all ages. That is true. So it's like, even then it's like, man, like, you know, sometimes you can't win for losing. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Oh, and something I'd like to ask creators is, what is ultimately the goal when you and Amy came up with the story? Because obviously, with like every story has something of either a mission statement or something you'd like to get across. So, what would you say is like the sort of the fundamental like heart of Prison Witch? The core of Prison Witch is exploring what it means to be angry. I don't mean angry as in like Bruce Banner. I'm always angry. I'm talking about the links between anger and anxiety the links between anger and personal health and what just being an angry person who bottles things up does to someone. The obvious metaphor that people are, are going to harp on is that, yeah, they're bottled up, they're, they're in jail. But it's going to go a lot more specific into the ways that anger shapes people and makes people lash out and can be transformative in both negative and positive ways. Yeah, that is very true. I mean... I think about it. Had I not been angry, I never would have created this podcast. <laughs> hey, there you go. And it's not like that incredible Hulk rage where I'm like throwing things across the room, but it's more of like an intense frustration of something I always wanted to do. And it's like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And eventually I just had this moment where I'm just like, stop talking about it and do it. And that's powerful. You know, I mean, we have a very limited amount of time here and we don't know when the time is up. So the only time that we have to do something that we want to do is right now. Yeah. Unless there's something real and tangible holding you back. And like I said, certain projects you want to do, you know, it might be finances, it might be time, which there is never enough of. But if, you know, kind of like what you had said, even in creating a story, you know, you had kicked it around. But then you can't, you know, you and Amy came up with the idea of just being like, let's just go for it. That is very freeing sometimes because once you do it, you almost don't even realize just how rewarding it is once you actually get to see the finished product. There's nothing like getting the book shipped to your house. You know, there's, it's great to see the art come in. It's great to see the final letter proof. But when you actually have the physical book in your hand, it's a feeling like no other. I mean, that, like, I kind of chase that high, you know, and uh, I'll be getting that with Prison Witch too. I mean, I, I don't doubt that it'll fund because it is a very low goal. And we have had um, the interest in this book actually has been higher than any of the previous books that have been uh, kickstarted as far as pre-launch. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how it does. And I know it, it will fund. I just want to see how much it'll fund because, you know, the secret here is that I always put a lot of my own money into these projects, you know, like I, 8,500 is not what it costs to make this book. It costs about $13,000 at bare minimum. So 
if it goes to fifteen thousand dollars, I'll probably just about break even as far as what I've already put into it. Right. And then if it goes higher, then I'll be able to know that we'll be able to in the future do more. So I put the goal lower so it will fund, and now it's just trying to push it to see how much it can fund. Right. A lot of that also I feel personally speaking, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, is also your body of work that's led up to this. Destiny New York, the buzz around the book is very positive. That and Breathless. I just love the image of the bloody inhaler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As someone who's an asthmatic, like that hit home. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I took my hits right before the podcast myself. Breathless is definitely another passion project. And yeah, I do agree that it is, it's all about uh, building on what you've done before career wise. Because I feel like if I hadn't done Destiny New York Volume 1 and 2, uh, and that hadn't been a positive experience, maybe I wouldn't have gotten the call for Black Mask, because I'd spoken to them before, uh, but it wasn't until uh, fall of last year that I began to speak to Matt, and we decided to do some uh, projects together. When is that launching again? Prison Witch is launching March 6th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to be pushing it hard until then. And on my social media, if you follow me at Pat Shand at all platforms, you'll see that I'm going to be begin posting. Uh, well, covers are already out, but we have coming out the interior art pages, beautiful by Erica D'Urso. And then we'll be posting some lettered previews as well. So if you stay tuned to the uh, patch and, and the space between and uh, social media, you'll definitely see us begin to prep and just rev up for this Kickstarter. Cause we're hoping for a big day one. We have a bunch of supporters that have backed us before. I know that they're going to return again and do the same thing here, but I'm hoping that we can keep spreading this message and get it out to people who haven't uh, heard of our books before. Space between. Yeah. I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of that backstory um, as far as um, how that got created and uh, some of the work that you've been doing underneath it. It actually began with a different name. My idea was to call it continuity entertainment and then um, I put out Destiny New York Volume 1 with that logo. And then a company with a name that they believe was similar said, hey, we have this. Can you not do this? So spoke to them for a while, talked to my team, and then we rebranded it to Space Between Entertainment. And um, Space Between is the idea behind it is what we see as the content that we want to create. It doesn't exist yet, right? That These are our passion, our, our stories, and we just see the industry as it is, the stories that we've loved, and we see a, just a very small gap between where the industry is now and where it could be. And we, we want to be a part of the industry getting to the next level because we fully believe that if creators tell the stories that they're most passionate about and that stories stop be, being about what is selling and start being more about passion than the industry could spread its wings because we, uh, we've seen things that aren't really discussed. You know, uh, people in the comics industry, ourselves included, we can't really picture a world where comics aren't a part of our lives, but I've done a lot of traveling and when people ask me where I'm going and the answer is a comic convention, people know what the fuck I'm talking about. They have no idea what that is. People so often, and I would say more often than not, don't know that comic books are still published, that new content is being created. I would go as far as to say that most people, if we're talking percentage-wise, don't know that. And that is something I never, ever see spoken about. And I think that if we start to make the content more accessible and start to put a lot more of ourselves into it and stop basing stories on what we things that we've loved 
seeing growing up and start telling new stories that we could have a similar revolution of content that, that, that TV has seen TV in the past 20 years has kicked the shit out of movies. There's just no contest. I would much rather stay at home binging 12 hours of content, following characters on this 12 hour journey than seeing a dope two hour movie. It, it, I mean, it's just, it's just true. And I think that is part of the reason that we focus on graphic novels as opposed to single issues, but it is not only about the way the content is delivered, but it's about the way it's created, the way that creators are treated. So we just wanted to create this little small group of creators, myself, my, my, my wife, Amy, our friend and, and editor, Shannon Lee, Ryan Fassett, a buddy of ours, and the artists that we work with and our, our philosophy is just to treat each other very well and to create our best work together and to create the work that we are desperate to see come to fruition together. And through that, we hope that we can open eyes within people who haven't even read comics in their entire life. Because the truth is, I began to read comics in my 20s, early 20s. I'll say that, but still, I did not grow up reading these stories. I have no desire to create a non-name brand superhero loosely based on Marvel and DC superheroes. Because the truth is Marvel and DC are telling amazing superhero stories. I love what they do. And when I say that we shouldn't be creating stories based on the past, I'm not referencing them. I love what they're doing. I'm talking about independent creators who seem to be telling stories that already exist, you know, so stories that are based on things that they loved. And while there's nothing wrong with that, I think, our industry's focus on that is a bit masturbatory. So all I want to see from us is new stories, stories that feel like that they don't exist yet. And the thing is too, like when I say that, um, that we're creating content that I want to appeal to people who don't read comics already, I'm not saying that I see us as quote unquote, saving the industry. The, the worst shit I ever see is when there is this fucking lame new rapper who is like, modern rap sucks. I'm going to save rap. And it's like, no, you're not. You are garbage, you know? So <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, I don't want to ever put out that message. The, the message I do want to put out is that not even from us, we just want to create stories that we love. I see an upcoming wave of new creators who are going to create stories that are the exact stories they want to tell. And that passion is going to, is going to reach people who haven't grown up reading these things. And that I feel is absolutely going to happen. And I'm not saying that we're leading the charge because we are very small. I'm saying I want to be part of it by doing nothing except telling the stories that we want to tell, you know, uh, stories like, um, I'm not sure if you read, uh, the books in advance or not, but um, from Black Mask, right? I, I recently tweeted about the, the two books they have coming out this month, uh, The Wilds and Come Into Me. Oh, The Wilds, yeah. So good, so <laughs> good. You know what? Those books are so good. And here's the thing. I am a very blunt and honest person. If you give me a book to read and say, hey, if you like this, talk about it. If I don't like it, I am not going to talk about it because what I have to say would be very honest and I, I don't want to hurt feelings. I will never, ever lie about a book. The Wilds is the truth. Come Into Me is so, so good. And there are a lot of books out here that I'm not really fucking with that I don't really like, but those two books are so good. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? That that just makes me um it makes me excited to have Breathless in Black Mask. It makes me a bit scared because those books are so dope. But I think, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, 
I do believe in Breathless, and I'm excited to see that uh, great content is coming out of the Black Mask. I'm excited to see new stuff from Boom and Image. And um, I do see a wave of creators who may have grown up reading comics, but don't want to regurgitate. And that is very exciting to me. That's shit. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Other yeah. than gush more about the wilds, but you know, like I said, uh, Vita and Emily are killing it, and you know, kudos to that entire team coming to me. I have heard a lot of great things about. I haven't had a chance to really look into it yet, but it's that is good. definitely on the list. It's so good, and I'll just say too, I can't say when, but I do have a book coming with Emily soon. Once she's done with the wilds, we're gonna do something together, and it's it's already greenlit. It already has a home. Before we even started, it was just a cool concept that she and I had together. She had some art put together, and it's going to be full speed ahead very soon. I can't say what, can't say where, can't say when, except soon, and I'm so excited because she's great. Pat, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time out. Check out Prison Witch. This looks like a lot of fun. The art's fantastic, and best of luck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, that that's March 6th at 10 a.m. EST. And um, the only other thing that I'll plug right now is uh, Breathless. It's in pre-orders right now. Breathless 1 and 2, you can order them. Uh, that drops in in March. We're waiting on a finalized release date. But the book is done. It's submitted. It's ready to print. So, yeah, March for Breathless number one. Great. Do you want to throw out any more social networking handles if people would like to interact with you online? Yeah, let's do it. I am, um, I'm at Pat Chan pretty much everywhere. If you want to follow my publisher, we do uh, Destiny New York. We do Clonsters, Modern Dread, and now Prison Witch. That is at Space Between Ent on all platforms. Except Snapchat. You know, I can't quite figure out Snapchat, but someday. <laughs> oh, my God. Like I don't even – I don't. I, see, this is where I start showing my age. And I'm only like 33, and I'm like – I remember my little sister was like, oh, you don't have Snapchat? And I was like, No. <laughs> I don't even know what I would do on there. It would just, it would be a mess. I mean, I, I admit I play with the filters, but beyond that, I, I don't know how to send the things. I, I don't know. But Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, I'm all over those. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. This is this has been a great time chatting with you. Hey, thank you. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue. Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please visit us on the web at adrianhasissues.com where you can stream and download all of our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash adrianhasissues. Follow us on Twitter at adrianhasissues and on Instagram at adrianhasissuespod. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and the Laughable Podcast app. Thanks again!